Hey, what's up, guys? It's your boy Jeremiah Hargraves here, back with episode 44 of the Half and Half podcast. And we're back with another guest here today. Uh, would you be so kind to introduce yourself? What's up, guys? I am Darian Miller. Um, I, uh, I've been going UNLV for about, like, maybe two three years now i can't even really remember but uh regardless you know i've been going to college for a while and i'm also an aspiring uh professional bowler um as of you know two years ago <laughs> nice <laughs> so, nice uh, so uh yeah um i guess we'll just get get right into it yeah of just, course uh, and before we get straight into it i just, you know, just want to thank everyone that's been listening all the support mm-hmm. All the love, all the, you know, advice towards the podcast. And, you know, we're going to mm-hmm. keep p- pushing out these episodes, being consistent, you mm-hmm. know, one by one. And it's going to be a yeah. good time throughout them all. So since is day one. Yes, day sir. One, you already know. Day one. Real, real. <laughs> so you already know. Uh, thank you guys for all the support and love. And, yeah, now we can get into it. So, Darian, how have you been, bro? Catch me up. Oh, man, it's... <laughs> It's you know it's been it's been uh, quite a quite a journey man you know uh, the the bowling uh, I guess the collegiate bowling season has uh, started. Oh snap! Um, our first uh, competition will be uh, as of today. Uh, it will be in uh, November, uh, starting November probably November third or fourth. It's either that or it's going to start November eighteenth and nineteenth. It depends on how much money we raise, but uh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that started up. You know, we've got some. We've been practicing, getting getting prepared for competition, go. going go. up against all the other colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess uh, one thing uh, to know about collegiate bowling is uh, uh, you compete both at the regional level and at the national level. Yeah, you know, uh, we go up against colleges like GCU. Uh, uh, like Grand Canyon University yeah, yeah. and uh, San Jose State, okay, snap. Fresno State, snap. Those are like like the really good colleges, and um, also uh, Arizona State, mm-hmm. also a really good college. Matter of fact, they've expanded too. And oh, so, yeah, we got to really prepare ourselves. You know, we, uh, it's gonna be some tough competition ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah, as well as also nationals, but nationals is you know definitely like <laughs> <laughs> that's where the real competition comes. That's in. where the real competition is, man. Okay. okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, yeah, bowling. I just l- really like how yeah uh, competitive bowling is, and um, I guess we'll go into um, like how uh, bowling came into my life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, it all started off like. When uh, my my Lola, you know, um, I'm I'm quarter Filipino, by the way, in case y'all didn't know, um, my Let's Lola, go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, my Lola uh, gave me my very first bowling ball. It's uh, for all the people who bowl out there. It's a 13 pound um, Columbia 300, uh, the Beast. That's, How long that's ago? the name of the ball. Uh, it was back in I th- I believe it was back in 2019. Okay. When I was in high school. So semi recent. <laughs> yeah, it was like I was like a senior in high school, right? But like okay. the thing was like uh, I was living in um the Antelope Valley in California at the time. Okay. And for those people that don't know, Antelope, Antelope the Antelope Valley is basically a small like smallish town that's uh, north of LA, but it's north like it's LA. in the okay. LA County. 
And um, that's like if you if you're on a budget and you're trying to live in you know California, like Antelope Valley is like the place to be, right? <laughs> ah, interesting. And, okay. And so, <laughs> yeah. And uh, the thing was like bowling isn't very big in the LA area. Yeah. And so, uh, like I barely even bowl. I only I only used that ball like once or twice before I you know moved to Vegas and started to like really learn bowling again. Mm-hmm. And then um. So I moved to Vegas, and I believe it, this was during COVID. I moved it into Vegas around, like, May of, like, what, 2020? And, uh, like, I didn't really, like, I didn't, like, really start to, like, actually, like, fully, like, become serious into bowling until about August of 2020. Okay, right? yeah. And um, it all started off when, like, basically my grandparents were training me to like be better than my cousins, to be better than them. <laughs> That's pretty cool. You know, like it all starts with like, you know, family friendly competition. And then it just eventually escalates into like, man, I wanna I wanna get good. I wanna beat the pros, man. I wanna, you know, just like I wanna take myself to the next level. And so I I just got bit by the bug, you know. I just <laughs> Yeah, and so like that that was about about two years ago. I mean, yeah, it was like actually no August of 2021, because uh, yeah, I I kind of got like my timeline mixed up because like I was I was still going to community college uh, in online at the time because yeah. you know online learning was like permanent, uh, not permanent, but like uh, uh, mandatory the thing back during then. that time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good old days. I, know, like, I, feel, I feel like I remember like it was like yesterday, but honestly, was, yeah, that's history. Dude, was, yeah, no, 100. <laughs> percent And yeah, I started getting really into it in August of 2021. So that was two years ago. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I've been bowling seriously for about like yeah like about two years and um i still feel like i'm still getting the fundamentals down the basics down because you know like um the thing with bowling is it's you know it's it's very mental yeah and like it's just you're you're learning new things and you're figuring things out you're just kind of molding yourself into like what um of like what level of bowler like physical game you want to be like Mm -hmm. it's just like it it takes you like through different walks of life, you know, like it's just, you're like, you just, yeah, yeah, you just really think about like, um, just the mental game, of yeah. like, like, uh, if, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of like a way to say it, like, um, uh, like, hold on, it was, uh, man, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> you're good, you're good, you're good. <laughs> Take your time, uh, yeah. man. Yeah, so like, um, uh, Damn, it's like it's like right at the tip of my tongue. <laughs> what are you trying to describe? I'm trying to describe like what it's like to like you know, like be in a competition. Like uh, oh, like the nerves, like the emotions and the feelings that yeah, yeah, yeah that come through. Like it, it go, it, you know, it really sets in, you know. But then like after you know if you've experienced you know that level of competition, yeah. you know you, you get just used to it, fine with it. Yeah. But then like, and then you get comfortable, and then you win, mm-hmm. right? My first go. tournament, yeah, my first tournament, I won like about a thousand dollars. That oh, was like, snap. yeah, yeah, and then like uh, some, some of my friends were, like mad at me because like I could have won like seventeen hundred fifty if I got into like the the side action and whatnot. And I was uh, like, thousand bucks is, is still good, you know? Like yeah. I don't really care, of course, you know. And so like, but then after that, you know, I started getting a little too confident, and then like I started messing up, and then 
you know, things go downhill from there. And then the it goes. Game. Damn. Yeah. And then like, yes, that that's kind of like, like I said, it takes you through different walks yeah. of life, you know? And so like you, you practice, you try and get better. Yeah. And like it's, a, it's a lot of like, a, it's like slopes, you know, it's a downward yeah. slope, then uphill, mm-hmm. downward uphill. Like it's, yeah. it's a lot of that, mm. you know? And it's, yeah, mm. it's, it's, it's definitely a journey Okay. when it comes to the bowling life. So, you know, you, you talk about the mental game. Um, what do you do to prepare or like to settle in when it comes to those matches? Um, to be honest with you, like I'm more of like, see, there's two different kinds of bowlers, right? Okay. Tell me about it. <laughs> so there's the analytical bowler okay. that, you know, they, that, uh, like one of those people that likes numbers in their head that mm-hmm. I like to get really... Um, technical with it and then there's the field player like me i'm more of like a field player you know and so like the only like way i like truly prepare for like tournaments or whatnot i just get in my car and just listen to i just jam out music bro like i listen mm. to like like uh token or system of a down or like okay. something that just, yeah. just goes hardcore you know I don't go, really, yeah yeah i don't really have like a, a taste like just whoever gets me pumped up mm. right that's the pregame so, ritual like, yeah, that's basically <laughs> what I do, and then I just walk in, like you know, I you know, I don't really care who I'm bowling against. I'm just here to have fun. Yeah, you know, and um, <clears throat> but like the thing is, some bowlers out there, like um, they look at the level of competition, they let it get to their head, hmm. and so like when you get into a level of like when you get to a competition of anything, like just bowling, um, like basketball, football, like any sport, mm-hmm. right, like. Uh, like any type of competition, you look at like the level of the competition, and you just like get to it, like, oh, dude, this guy's won like five titles, this, this, and that. You know, they let it get to the head. You're like, oh man, I'm nowhere near this guy, and then mm-hmm. they lose, right? Yeah. But me, like, shoot, I don't, I don't really care, man. I yeah. just go in there because I'll give you an example, like uh, last season's collegiate tournament, right? Okay. Uh, Grand Canyon University was like the top level of the West Coast collegiate bowling. Like they're Sheesh. all like. Dude, they they're okay. So like, they their team like uh, is it's five people per team, right? Mm-hmm. They're averaging like at, at least like a thousand or eleven hundred uh, uh, score like per team, and that's like everyone's score combined, right? So it's like two hundred plus per yeah, per pretty person. much, pretty much, yeah. Shit. <laughs> and like, some of my teammates just looking at them are like, damn, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, I just. You know, in one of the tournaments, you know, we were crossing with them, you mm-hmm. know, on the pair. And then, like, I, I just, I didn't really care, you know. I just, I just wanted, I just came in the bowl. I dropped, like, a 268. Damn. And then I noticed, and then I noticed the, because this was against the varsity team, by the yeah, way. Yeah, okay. And, yeah. like, I noticed, like, their coach and some of the players in the other team, like, they, they're, they're getting a little nervous. I, mm-hmm. I, just, I saw their faces, dude. And, like, um, so I read, I, you know, I don't know. You know who David Goggins is, right? Yes. Like he, he, <laughs> uh, he uh, talks about taking souls, right? Uh-huh. And so, like, like uh, I think I when I looked at their face and they they started to get a little nervous or something like that. I think mm-hmm. just us like strike. I was because I, I I got two sixty eight, two sixty eight, and then one of my teammates got like a two forty seven. We beat them by like a hundred pins, right? Yeah, it was like a thousand to like eleven hundred something, and then like <laughs> and like. They're they're like like I saw like their coach was like you know huddle up team or something like that and then their their some of their kids are like getting a little shook and then mm. I was just like it's like it doesn't matter I'm who it fun. is you're bowling against <laughs> yeah the thing is it doesn't matter who it is you're bowling against if you just keep attacking mm-hmm. you just keep 
going at it like mm-hmm. like this like the pretty soon they'll their level of confidence is just gonna go down that's why whenever i go to a competition i look at the level of competition i don't care man it, they're mm-hmm. all the same to me mm-hmm. you know <laughs> like uh the best collegiate bowling um uh college like in the nation right now is wichita state mm-hmm. right like but the thing is they're beatable like they didn't win every single tournament in the season you know yeah. like they're like uh there's times where like you know they 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 get lost they can't figure something out and then you know that that gives the other team the opportunity and so like mm-hmm. i just i just learned a lot of things going into competitions of just like learning like uh just all these different types of situations you know all the different kinds of emotions and it's just like it's just what you know, kind of gets me like experienced in like a competitive scene, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, so yeah, that's basically a uh, uh, com- bowling competition All right. summarized. Okay, and so um, yeah, you got the upcoming season right. So, yeah. what are the expectations for yourself and your team then? <laughs> um, we're actually, uh, I feel like we're a pretty stacked team uh, this season <laughs> mm-hmm. because like. Uh, a lot of returning players are getting better, including me. Nice. And we did get a um, we did get a bowler that's like like top level. Like he's like really good. Um, in tryouts, he bowled like t- like a two seventy nine like two damn. days in a row, right? Damn. And so like I was like, damn, dude, I cannot get back to back two seventy nines like that. Like like that two seventy nine is like it's one spare or like like or or let's say you open the first frame, but then the rest are all strikes. Mm-hmm. Like. He he missed one frame and the rest are all strikes. I'm just like, dude, this guy is like, he's zoned in. He knows what he's doing and like stacked for yeah, real. Yeah, stacked, bro, for real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we might have a JV team as well. We didn't we didn't have enough people for a JV team last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might have a JV team this season, but uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, but yeah, dude, like uh, our level of competition, like I think I think we'll stack. I think we can hold our own. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the. Uh, the the only thing that we cannot expect is the what ha- what actually happens in the tournament you know because yeah. like because mental game is a factor you're like you, you know you you have all these you know expectations of what you're gonna do but then once you actually go into get into that moment you know it's just it's you and them yeah. and it's like anything can go right yeah so yeah <laughs> mm. okay so you talked about this guy getting a two seventy what two seventy nine mm-hmm. um what is your highest then. My highest like score, yeah, highest score. In, in tryouts or like um, total, overall, overall, yeah. So the highest score I've gotten was two ninety nine. Huh. And so for the people who don't bowl out there, um, the highest score you can get in bowling is three hundred, right? And um, uh, let's just say I had a really good day. <laughs> yeah. And I was just striking over and over and over again. And see, the thing is, like, I, I, I don't uh, consistently. I don't tend to like strike at least seven times like consistently mm-hmm. and so like when i strike like over seven times or over eight times like i mean right now i'm starting to like not really like feel it uh feel nervous anymore mm-hmm. of striking that much but like th- that day though like when i got when i was up to like strike number eight like dude i was i, I, was, I was a little tense a little bit i was yeah. like oh my god i cannot believe i'm actually striking this much right <laughs> i was like dude what the what the hell am i doing right was anyone there to watch it happen? Uh, it was during open bowling, uh-huh. and so like this. Actually, this video is on my TikTok. You can actually see uh, the video of I, me I getting find that two ninety nine. I'll, I'll send it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, my, my TikTok is Max Hard Max Hardcore Bowler with two X's. By the way, there we go. And so uh, 
Um, got some good it's, bowling it's content. It's in the pinned videos. Like, uh, <laughs> so basically, like when I got to like strike number eight, I think I put it in captions, but I'm just like uh, in disbelief that I was striking that much, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, I get the strike number nine, number 10. Keep in mind, all these strikes are like flush, by the way, like perfect shot after perfect shot. I mean, there was like four like light mixtures here and there, but that, that was fine. But like a mm-hmm. lot of them were like perfect shots. What's a light mixture? Uh, so a light mixture is like, okay, so... Uh, there's 10 pins in bowling, right? Yes. And then um, uh, behind the, uh, you, you know, like there's the one pin, yeah. two pin, three pin. Okay, mm-hmm. so, and the, the one pin is obviously, the, you know, the head pin. It's the one front. And then the two pins behind the head pin is the two pin and the three pin, right? Yes. Uh, that space between the one pin and the three pin or the one pin and the two pin, if you're a lefty, is called a pocket. And oh, so yeah. Okay. What you're trying to do is you're trying to get that ball to – uh, angle itself right in the middle uh, of that one and the three pin mm-hmm. and uh, right in the middle of that pocket. Cause like once your ball gets to like that angle in the middle of the pocket, your strike percentage goes from like uh, whatever it was before when you throw it uh, so straight on straight. Yeah. It, it, your strike percentage basically goes up to like 95%. And so like, ah, and so that. I was able to, and so a light mixer is basically like you kind of, Remind me a light mixer. So, so a light mixer is is basically um, that that ball was able to like get to like that space between the one and the three pin. It's able the, to get the to pockets. the pocket. It's able to get to the pocket, but it's like it's very late though. Mm-hmm. Like it, it kind of it barely gets there, and like it it's just you, you'll see the pins kind of just go like a little kerplunkle because yeah. like when you hit the pocket flush, it, it sounds like the pins exploded. Right? Yeah, you just hear boom, right, and then mm-hmm. the pins are gone, mm-hmm. and and um, you know they're all like off the deck in the pit. You know, mm-hmm. uh, us bowlers we call it ten back because like all ten of the pins are in the pit, like they're mm-hmm. just all gone, right? Like you don't see a a pin left uh, on the deck, and so um, a light mixer is basically like it kind of misses the flush part, and so it just kind of uh, barely made its way. And then you just hear the pins go, blah, 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 blah. like it's just, it, it hits down, very light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then um, the opposite of that is high flush, which means like it gets to the pocket a little early. And so you'll see the ball go through the pins and then the pins just like, like kind of just vanish. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's kind of uh, funny, but like, okay. yeah, us bowlers, like we see a lot of things and we just take note of it. Like, yeah, I guess like a very technical way to say is we just we see what the ball does when it goes when it reaches the pins and what mm-hmm. it does to the pins. Okay. Know? Yeah, because like there's a lot of technicality when it comes to bowling, mm-hmm. a lot of physics. It's, yeah. It's mainly it's mainly just physics based, and um, but uh, yeah, that's that's a a light mixer. But yeah, um, when I got to like um, about like nine maybe like 10 strikes dude my hands were just shaking <laughs> when i was holding the ball my hands were just shaking and so like you know i get 11 strikes in a row and then i got one more shot you know i was like dude just I, in my head i was like dude just do it you know it'll be your first one whatever just just do it man get it over with right and so when i throw the ball it felt good you know it felt like uh, i was gonna get a strike but then uh, it left the ten pin, <laughs> and so Damn. and like uh, if you watch the if you watch, if you watch the video like there there is like a group of like I guess teenagers or like young adults I don't know they're they're like young guys right uh, they were watching me uh, about to get it and then when I when they saw that I left the ten pin like dude they were going 
ballistic. They were going crazy. They're like, oh my god, you know. And like, you gotta watch the video. It's, yeah, it's of pretty. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty funny. But uh, but yeah, dude. Uh, ever since then, like you know, I haven't gotten to three hundred yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so, uh, but that was, I believe, like last year. I think it'll happen again. I think. It'll yeah, happen. you got I, it. I feel pretty confident. <laughs> I believe. Yep, it'll You're right happen. there. Yep, and uh, so so yeah, um, that's that's my highest score in bowling. <laughs> nice. Okay, so uh, I don't know a bunch uh, about like the logistics, but how important is like choosing the right ball when it comes to bowling? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> See, now we're getting technical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, choosing the right ball. So do you mean like from an experience standpoint, or from like when you just uh, when you're bowling in like a tournament or league? Um, like, like, uh, like a, you're a beginner, you want to know what ball to choose, or like, are you asking from a context, like, I go into a tournament, I want to know what ball to choose? Like, from your perspective, like, why are uh, you using the certain ball you are using right, right. now? Right, okay, <laughs> so, uh, for the people who don't bowl, not not every bowling ball is the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, there's balls with different colors, but there's more <laughs> on the inside. So, um, ah, so uh, I guess you could say, uh... Okay, so there's three different aspects to a bowling ball. Okay. Right? Two of them are basic. The third one is very technical, but, you know, I wouldn't worry about it too much mm. if you're a beginner. Yeah. Um, so the first thing is what they, what they call a cover stock. And so the cover stock is the, the cover that you see outside of the ball. Um, they, they're made out of a certain material. And um, there's three different kinds of materials that they mm. make for cover stocks. And so... First one's plastic, right? Mm-hmm. Just a plastic ball. It's not made to make the ball hook or anything. Yeah. These are the types of covers that you see in house balls. Those yeah. are the you know the the balls that you just pick up off the rack or something when you just go open bowling. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, yeah. Uh, and then there's the urethane cover stock. Um, urethane is basically uh, you know there's when you go bowling there's oil on the lane right? Yes. And um, I was gonna ask about that after. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, I guess uh, in in short, uh, we basically choose uh, balls or certain equipment based on what type of oil pattern is on the lane, because uh, uh, the, the lane is sixty feet, right? Yes. And um, uh, typically on a house shot oil, this is like your standard oil pattern. Mm-hmm. They oil up to about forty or forty one feet, and so uh, we basically choose equipment based on what kind of oil pattern it is, mm-hmm. like. You know, if it's 41 feet, we typically go with like a middle of the line ball. Uh, but urethane is basically, it doesn't absorb oil. It just pushes mm-hmm. it. Like it just, the oil just rests on top of the ball. And um, when you throw it enough times, it, sh- it just slides through the pattern, you know, slides the oil. You know, it just doesn't really like come back, you know, if you throw it enough times. Like those are like the type of equipment that people use. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the oil pattern is short, and short is like 35 feet. Mm-hmm. And so, and then there's the third one. This is the most popular one. Everyone gets it is the reactive resin. And so reactive resin mm-hmm. is basically, it absorbs the oil and it basically delays the hook or um, makes the hook early in a bowling ball. And so, like, I guess a, a strong reactive resin cover stock uh, would be the solid uh, reactive resin cover. This mm-hmm. is the cover that um, it absorbs the most oil and uh, it makes the ball shape early down lane, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and there's the pearl uh, reactive resin, which it, it, it does the exact opposite. It doesn't mm-hmm. absorb much oil. 
except uh, it's mainly created like for just the back end, mm-hmm. right? And um, then there's hybrid, which is a mix between both. But okay. you know, that's you know that's the gist of it. And and that's so that's cover stock. So weight blocks is you know what's inside of the bowling ball. Okay. You know it's it's shaped a certain way, which gives it different motion down lane like if you want a ball to like jackknife mm-hmm. through through the pattern like that those are typically your asymmetrical uh weight block equipment basically um weight block is like shaped a certain way mm-hmm. in a bowling ball asymmetrical is like uh one side is different right and mm-hmm. then symmetrical is all sides are like kind of the same you know and those are um typically the type of ball motion that's smooth mm-hmm. like a very smooth kind of hook it does a jackknife it just has a very yeah, it's smooth hook down the lane. Mm-hmm. And so um, depending on, um, you know, what's out there, what the lanes are uh, telling me, you know, like I just choose like a reactive ball that's, you know, kind of in the middle strength-wise. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, but if it's like a short pattern, I typically go with urethane so that it can just slide through the oil. Okay. Because uh, it's, you know, it's short. You don't want a ball that can hook like, super early and just go in the left mm, gutter yeah that yeah. makes sense, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah okay. and some people use plastic ball on a short pattern and um some people can make that really work and some mm-hmm. people like they try to but they they look like they don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. and uh and then there's obviously long oil patterns you know patterns that are like 48 feet of oil you know uh we typically would use um really strong reactive resin if it's heavy oil like really strong reactive resin you know, so that uh, the ball can hook super early okay. and not just die on on the lane and not make it to the pocket. Yeah. And uh, so it just gets very technical, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, people who don't bowl out there, they might think that I'm t- talking crazy or something. Mm-hmm. But people who are bowlers out there, you know, they, they would understand. Yeah. Right. Because, like, especially if they're, you know, just getting into the game. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm kind of – I'm trying to – talking like uh, i guess like basic like layman like, terms layman's terms you know <laughs> and so uh because i'm here yeah, just like uh-huh. yeah <laughs> i know yeah there's a lot there's a lot a lot more mm-hmm. to bowling than the than the average person mm. uh sees you know <laughs> yeah because i was gonna ask you talk about the oil patterns um do you see that like when you bowl or like or do you just like see the lane it's so, like oh it, there's a there's, lot of there's two different ways sometimes mm-hmm. when you go into tournaments they tell you what the oil pattern oil pattern is beforehand mm-hmm. yeah. so that you, you're prepared on what you got to do some tournaments like the collegiate season coming up they don't tell us the pattern until either until the day of or they just don't tell us at all we just got to figure it out ourselves oh snap and so um and uh, the way we figure it out ourselves is, you know, we get the ball, we throw it really slow, mm-hmm. and they this they they try and see, you know, when the ball hooks, where it hooks, you know, and then they just kind of they play it by ear, you know, you just kind of you know experiment with it, yeah. And uh, they, if they find a line, then you know they find a line. Because the thing is, um, sport patterns, which are patterns other than house, uh, these are the patterns that you bowl in tournaments and not in like just normal open bowling or house shot league. Um, sport patterns, you know, uh, it's, it's all about angles, you know, you got to find the right angle, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you can't find the right angle, uh, you're, you're in jail, you know, you don't know what to do and you're, you're going to lose. Right. And so, uh, but when you do find your angle, you know, that, that angle will be good until the pattern starts to dry up and then Mm -hmm. you got to move left, right. You know, you got to maybe change your adjustments you know change your equipment change change your ball mm-hmm. ball change and whatnot and so like uh that's kind of where the experience comes into play because yeah. 
you know, a lot of people who are still kind of uh, uh, not that much into it like me, you know, we don't know when to change. We don't know when to adjust. You know, I'm still kind of getting a grasp on that. And um, but, you know, it's all part of the learning process. And so. So, yeah, that's that's kind of like oil patterns and okay. bowling balls. <laughs> Dang. That's, that's very it's very logistical. Yeah. But but it's very interesting. I have yeah. another question. Um, so, of course, you have to bowl more to get better, like to practice. Right. right but right, right. Um, what is what is the training regimen consist of? Are you just like bowling? So like, just for hours on that. And it, it depends on how good you want to gets right because there's people that are Mm self-taught you know they just want to get good by themselves they don't want you know uh, outside help Mm -hmm. you know and so like um the reality of that is like there's only like one percent of people uh that uh, that learn that way that are that make it to like the professional level yeah right and so like gonna be you <laughs> no, but the thing is with me, I've I've had uh, coaches, I've had outside yeah. help. You know, mm. I I feel like I need it because like mm. the thing is, the best bowlers out there in the world, they never done it by themselves. Yeah, like, they've had outside sense. help. They've had yeah. bowling coaches. They've had friends to help them. They watch a lot of videos on YouTube or something like that. But I mean, in the older ones though, they didn't have YouTube or anything of course, like that. Yeah. So they kind of had to read books. They had to you know get mm. coaches and you know like. It's, you know, bowling's been going on. It's ancient, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But for me, yeah, like I mostly it's just independent practice, you know. But like if there's something I'm like really stuck on, then um, I seek, you know, outside professional help mm-hmm. from, um, uh, I guess the number one coach that I see for physical game is Darren Tang. And for those of you who don't know Darren Tang, he is a national, uh, tour, uh, professional bowler. No snap. He does have one tour title. And, uh, for those of you who don't know anything about, um, I guess like the, uh, ratio of titles per pro bowlers, um, uh, about 1% of professional bowlers in the professional bowling scene has titles. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he has one title, like, that just kind of tells you like, he's part of the 1%. He's, like, he's he's up there, man. He's really yeah. good, right? And so, like, I kind of see him to seek professional help uh, because, uh, one, he's, he's kind of young. He kind of sees um, bowling through, like, a modern perspective. Yeah. And somewhat modern perspective right and so like uh he kind of knows what the pros do nowadays to like uh get good in the professional scene because the thing is kind of like um other sports out there like people find new physical ways to do things easier mm-hmm. yeah you know like i guess like for boxing there's like the old old school styles and there's new school styles. like it's, yeah. it's the same thing with bowling you mm-hmm. know uh speaking of th- i mean like for instance, one-handers and two-handers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, two-handed was like kind of an unspoken uh, against the rule kind of thing. Like if you threw it with two hands, you know, you would get made fun of. Uh, people would kind of just they they would just be mean to you back mm-hmm. then. It was kind of like uh, uh, like a like a thing that you're not supposed to do back in the day. And mm-hmm. so like until you know uh, a lot of people know him, Jason Belmonte, he popularized yeah. it. And kind of just mm-hmm. changed the the perspective, mm-hmm. and um, you know, now people are a lot of people are two handers now, and uh, for the one handers, you know, they don't just stick to doing what they're doing. They try, they actually find a way 
to kind of compete with the two-handers, keep up with them by increasing their rev rate. And so rev rate in bowling is, is simply just how fast your ball spins down the lane. Yeah. And so, like, um, I guess uh, uh, nowadays uh, low rev rate would be, like, 380, 390 or something like that. Or, okay. yeah, it would be, like, like it, in terms of, like, professional level, it would be, like, you know, 380, 390. Mid-level would be, like, you know, four. 400 410 you know maybe like 420 and like upper level would be like i guess you'd say like 450 and above you mm-hmm. know and if you're at like over 500 rev rate that's like but that's like standard professional two-hander type rev rate uh, and so okay. darren tang um he's uh what they call a cranker he's those one-handers that like to crank it they like to spin the ball you know like it has like really high rev rate like like 450 and above and mm-hmm. so like but and the thing is, he also knows a lot about the two-handed scene, and so like, um, uh, that's why I kind of seek him uh, for like physical game mm. and whatnot, because like he he kind of just compares me to the pros mm. and just kind of tells me like you know practice this and that you know so that you know I, I build a better foundation mm-hmm. in the, my physical game level, and so. Um, and the thing is, uh, another thing about Darren Tang, I uh, he has a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, simply just look up Darren Tang, and he's there. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and um, uh, I'm on like three of his videos. And nice. So like the first one was a uh, me going going against him. Second one was me going against him again because I lost the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and then the third one was him doing like a quick little like coaching video, like a like a like a 15 minute coaching video. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, and so, like, that's kind of, like, how I try and get better is, like, I, I practice a lot, watch a lot of videos, and I seek professional help. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I do. Um, so you brought up uh, spin rate regarding uh, the two-handed versus one-handed. Um, are there any other pros or cons between, like, choosing either form? Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so there's three types of oh there's three types of forms oh what's the third <laughs> well, one not, not not really okay. like three types of forms oh, but okay. well, before there was two handed there's three types of one handers oh there's um ah. uh, I don't know what people call it these days but uh like I guess you could say it's the straight bowler oh uh, yeah back then they call it the stroker and <laughs> and uh, I, I don't think people okay. say that a lot these days okay. because like yeah. yeah so basically stroker is like you just throw it up the boards you don't try and hook it. Yeah. You know, you don't like you don't you have a low rev rate, you don't try to hook it, you just throw it up the boards, you know, you just let the ball do its thing. And um and the cranker is, you know, opposite of that. And then tweener is basically you're a mix between that. Your your ball speed and your ball rev rate it, it matches. And so like you can kind of you're kind of more versatile in that sort of aspect. And uh for high rev rate bowlers, uh I guess a con for them would be like if it's like a light oil pattern Mm -hmm. you know and they have like a lot of rev rate their ball is going to be hooking super early and so those are the types of people that have to play all the way left Mm -hmm. they have to like basically hook the whole lane right okay so like and then but if you're more speed dominant like you you don't have a lot of rev rate but you throw the ball fast right you know you you can play like all the way right 
and then when the pattern just dries up, you just slowly move, make your way left more and more, mm. you know? And so like for rev rate, I guess a con would be like, if that line dries up, you know, uh, you're gonna have to move all the way left and then you're eventually gonna have to loft the bowling ball. And then lofting the bowling ball is basically like getting the ball some air time yeah. uh, over the lane. Cause like they're, they're in front of the ball return. <laughs> they have to throw it over the left gutter, you know, just so that they can get that angle, get over that, that dry spot, you know? And yeah. so that's kind of uh, the pros and cons mm. of like high okay. rev rate, low rev rate, that, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so. And then uh, what are the the pros and cons for the two handing two handing then? Uh, kind of sort of the same thing okay. between. Like, well, yeah, like the uh, the pros is you know you don't have to worry about your thumb because yeah. for one handers like especially when they bowl in tournaments where right, where they have to bowl mm. like twelve games or something like that their their thumb is gonna like they're it's gonna swell up it's gonna yeah get blisters a whole bunch of things gonna happen I mean kind of the same thing with the two handers with their fingers but mm. like that just depends on like grip size of line. like mm. i don't really have to worry about that there's like a lot of two-handers there that yeah. put tape on their fingers so they don't have to worry about that but for me like i never really encountered that issue so okay. like i i just i don't put any tape on my yeah. hands you know or some people they put tape on their wrist because uh rev ray can come from like how much you cup your wrist and mm. like my wrist like my wrist right now is actually a little bit sore so like, yeah that's kind of like the only um that's like kind of the con with the you know yeah uh, high yeah. rev rate and that that happens to me energy. too but like after one or two games since i'm so like i'm <laughs> such an amateur when it comes yeah. to bowling <laughs> yeah when you bowl for a long time you know your you, yeah. your body gets that endurance you know you, yeah you, you can last like a lot of games like right now currently i think I could probably last like over like 12, maybe like 12 games, maybe what like the 15 fuck? games. And the thing is with collegiate bowling, right? <laughs> um, they, they like to go to distance. Like their tournaments, they, they start in the morning. They start at like 8 a.m. And then you're walking out of the building at like 5 p.m. Like yeah. It's like a full day of bowling, right? Yeah. And um, because uh, for individual team games, there's like five people bowling, uh, five people on one lane bowling individually that's 10 people a pair right and so like that kind of gives you the perspective on, on how fast the lane dries up mm -hmm. and um and the uh the the amount of games that they bowl would be like uh i think at most would be like seven right some and and then for baker games which is basically one game right and then but five people they get their own frame like mm -hmm. uh like uh first bowler we get frames one in uh one in six mm -hmm. and then second bowler two in seven three eight four nine and then five ten five ten will be your anchor bowler right okay and so um uh, they they get frames five and then they get the last frame frame ten. This mm. is the, the game winning frame, right? And yeah. So like that's like uh, that's where anchor position kind of messes with people's mindsets. You mm. know, gets them stressed out. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Dang. Um. Uh. And so yeah, endurance man, like definitely important when it comes to like the competitive scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. And you talked about what's his name again, Darren. Darren Tang. Darren yeah. Tang. Um. How how often do you go? Because you say you go to him like he's the main person that you go to for advice. Um, how often the thing do you is, reach out? So coaching uh, costs money, ah, right? That makes sense, yeah. And <laughs> um, if I want just like an individual session with him, it's $100 an hour. Oh. And so like, oh, and you know, with the expenses gosh. that I have, like it's like it's it's like once in a blue moon. <laughs> you know? Okay. And, um, but currently he actually has a master class right now. And um his master class is like uh it's it's like 
it's like around five hundred something dollars a year, but like two hundred <sighs> something. Yeah, I know, right? It's, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty expensive, right? Yeah, and but like uh. Uh, I think like what two hundred something dollars above that. That's the lifetime subscription, and with the lifetime subscription, you get like unlimited free coaching from him, right? Ah. And so uh, I would definitely love to save up for that kind of thing, but you know that's like I don't think I'm gonna be able to afford that till like maybe the summer. Yeah, <laughs> understandable. But, but you know, um, but if I ever get that, then like I could definitely you know get coaching from him more often. Mm. But. Uh, yeah, like yeah, it's mm-hmm. I, I don't get coaching often. There's also other coaches out there with a cheaper rate. Yeah, you know, like different coaches, different perspectives, mm-hmm. and whatnot, different pricing models. Yeah, you know, it's either cheaper or like a lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. Do you watch like what is it called the PBA? Do you watch the PBA? I do watch PBA. Yes. Um. Would you say you're like a, a huge fan of the PBA or like? Just an avid watcher, or just like not too oh, often. No, I'm a big fan of the PBA. Okay. I want to bowl. I want to <laughs> yeah, bowl course, the PBA, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. I love um, PBA. so of course there's J- Jason Belmonte. I don't really know others. I'll watch every once in a while. But what are some of the the big A-listers in the bowling scene right now? A-listers in the bowling scene right now. Yeah, okay, you- so the number one. Uh, the number one last season that just ended uh, yeah. is EJ Tackett. EJ Tackett is is he's a cranker one hander. Okay, you know, and so mm-hmm. like the, a lot of people who are one handers, they kind of look up to him to, as like the type the type of people that you know uh, compete against two handers. He's mm-hmm. like what he could do with with just his one hand is is just mm-hmm. amazing. His physical form is like peak, you know. Okay, and uh, number two. The, the number two ranked uh, bowler lives here in Las Vegas. Uh, oh, snap. Yeah, his name is Anthony Simonson. And, uh, I think I've heard of him. Yeah, of he him. owns mm. the Nerd Bar in Las Vegas. Uh, ah. He owns the bowling alley portion. I don't know if he owns the entire bar, but Anthony uh, I, don't yeah, know if never, I don't know if you've ever been to the Nerd Bar. You know, the Nerd Bar is... I don't think so. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a very raunchy bar. It has, um, uh, what they call it, uh, that that uh, bowl that... that the mechanical bowl. That's ah, it. okay. It's, it's a mechanical bowl, but it's it, it's a dildo. Uh-huh. And so like instead of you know writing a bowl, you write a dildo. There and, you go. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so like okay. And then right in front of that is the bowling alley lanes. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Darren Tang does actually film there sometimes. You know he just obviously keeps the camera faced mm-hmm. at the lanes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, but yeah, he only films there sometimes though. I mm. I haven't I don't remember the last time he filmed there. But uh, okay. but yeah, the number two ranked bowler, uh, you know, Anthony Simonson, and um, I guess another one that's kind of up there. Um, uh, he's actually an up and coming uh, lefty two hander. His name is Packy Hanrahan, and um, in terms of like physical form, uh, he's one of the bowlers that Darren Tang compares me to in in terms of physical form. Even though he's a lefty, like it kind of translates to me as ah, like a I righty. Yeah. And then another bowler, um, uh, in terms of like resume, he's better than Packet Hanrahan. But like as of current right now, he's like not not the best okay. on tour. Uh, his name is Jesper Svensson, and he's uh, he's another. Uh, He's a lefty two-hander that mm-hmm. Darren Tank compares. He compares me to like these lefty two-handers, uh, even though I'm a righty. But like uh, my physical form, because like I'm tall and lanky like them, mm-hmm. and so like that's where like the physical form kind of like mm-hmm. the um, most resemblance. Yeah, the most resemblance in yeah. terms of okay. like how my form is. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, but yeah, they're they're pretty good. And I'm, uh, I'm assuming you watch videos on those two a lot since you are yeah, very similar. Yeah, in a yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah, in a sense. Like, mm-hmm. um, I guess. 
like Jesper for the footwork and Packy for the swing. I mm-hmm. don't know. I haven't really looked that deep into it. But mm-hmm. uh, another pro that's uh, like really up there on the PBA tour is Kyle Troop. He's the he's the man with the afro. He's got oh, the yeah yeah okay. yeah. There I know. you go. Now you know. know. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. You know him. Yeah yeah hundred percent. And um and I guess uh, who's like. What is it? There was one guy, I forget his name, but like his nickname's like The Shark or something like that. The Shark? Oh, you're talking about Chris Prather. Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. He's pretty good, right? Oh, he's very good. Yeah. He can. He's one of the only <laughs> like one-handers on tour that, that can hook the whole lane. Like, ah. it's, it's very interesting like the way he throws the ball. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I know I, a little bit. I know a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, a little bit. You, just, uh, you see a name pop up, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I remember... Uh, I remember maybe I think it was over a year or two ago. I was it, it was like Jason Belmonte versus Chris Prather. Chris Prather. Yeah, and I was just like, this is very interesting. I, I know it gets pretty it gets pretty intense on yeah. TV, especially when you look at the score. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like the there's like a lot of times on TV where like the other bowler yeah. wins by one pin. Yeah, like every, the whole crowd goes mm-hmm. crazy. You know, and like college bowling gets crazier than that. Actually, really, you know? like. Especially like when it gets really competitive, like mm-hmm. a lot of teams, like you know, uh, you know, uh, cheering each other on and whatnot. It's kind of like, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's kind of like you know, football teams and basketball teams yeah. like going crazy with each other. Like, yeah, let's go! Yeah, yeah. It's the same with college bowling. Yeah. You know, when it comes to the college circuit regarding bowling, does it work like similar sports? Like, if you do well enough in the college circuit, you'll get noticed to go up to the PBA. Uh. Uh, yeah, okay, so that that depends. Because, okay. see, the thing is, I think out of, like, collegiate bowling, like, out of all the college bowlers, I honestly think, like, a really low percentage yeah. of them actually goes on to the PBA scene. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, when people look at Wichita State, like, that's, like, the one college where, like, you look at all their bowlers and, like, you just know. like they, Oh, yeah, no, they're going to be in the PBA, right? And so, yeah. like... But like other colleges, you know, there's like levels, and so like mm-hmm. um, uh, one bowler who bowled with UNLV who recently just became a P- PBA pro, his name is Dallas Leon, and uh, he's okay. he bowled with UNLV and he's like the best on their team. He's the only person on the team so far that's bowled on TV, uh, national tele uh, national TV on like CBS Sports. Yeah, and um. And uh, another person, there's like two other bowlers that uh, could have been on that level, but they couldn't mm-hmm. because uh, like personal reasons. Uh, Sorel Cardenas, um, uh, if you, uh, I believe Christian's been on this podcast, right? Not yet. Oh, well, he knows who Sorel Cardenas mm-hmm. is because he's worked with him because they both have the same major. Ah. And, uh, mm-hmm. But Sorel Cardenas, he's, he's like really high level like he can compete with the pros most definitely uh, i think he's won uh one regional with a doubles partner ah. and, um, another person um he recently just uh dropped out of unlv his name is uh andrew guba uh he recently just bowled a uh pba tour stop uh on the regional level and he um he uh he made it to the stepladder and the stepladder is basically like the final four. You know, you oh. just, they just battle it out until yeah. one person wins. Mm-hmm. And he made it to the stepladder, and uh, he lost his first match against 
Darren Tang. Oh, <laughs> and okay. so like, yeah, no, like Darren Tang's pretty good. I mean, yeah. the thing is that that's just kind of the experience right there. It's his first time making it to the step ladder and Darren Tang, you know, he's <laughs> facing. Yeah. Like he's, he's done it, you know, <laughs> yeah. like he's been there, you know, he knows yeah. what to do. And so mm-hmm. like, that's kind of like, uh, the experience kind of like won that, that match right there. And so, um, but yeah, me, um, uh, I'm not there yet. <laughs> You'll get there okay. one day. Yeah, I will. I will. I'm. I'm. Mm. I'm working hard at it. Sure, yeah. Trust me. I'm working at it. Yeah. I'm working of course, at it. I'm of trying course. new things. You know. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people tell me that I have gotten so good in just a, a short time span. Yeah. Like, I'd be a watched, lot of people yeah. tell me that like mm. I'm just improving rapidly. Uh, one person told me that I'm like the most improved bowler in Las Vegas. You know, and so like, dang, that's a lot yeah, to live like, up to. And, and so I'm just like. I then I'm just Light like I, I, yeah I don't <laughs> even work, think no about it too much I just I just continue doing what I'm doing you know yeah, and so of course. uh yeah um I guess uh I guess that was the question yeah. like okay. bowlers <laughs> yeah so I got one more question um regarding bowling before we move on um so for anyone out there trying to get into bowling or just get into the sport itself in any fo- way or form uh, why should they? Why should they why get bowling? into bowling? Why um, bowling? It's honestly just a, a matter of preference, but mm. uh, of course, I guess yeah. like uh, bowling, bowling's honestly like it's. Uh, I guess my advice would be it's just a fun hobby. You know, yeah. don't let it take over your life. I mean, if if you do want it to take over your life, you know, make sure you have a lot of support. Yeah. You know, because if you just try to do it by yourself, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like. Um, you know, I have support from my grandparents, you know, and my parents, you Aww, know, and so like, that. yeah, and, you know, have a lot of friends that, you know, like to help me out, you mm-hmm. know, but like, if you're just doing it by yourself, like, because, so there's like, there's PBA bowling, uh, and then there's action bowling. Action bowling is like the gambling uh, aspect of bowling, you know, okay. you put money in, you bet money, you know, and like, if you overdo it, you know, you don't want it to like drown you in debt. <laughs> and yeah. So like, um, and so that's why I don't really do a lot of action bowling anymore. You know, a lot of my friends do it, but then, like, I'm not going to really, you know, get into bowling that much uh, tournaments uh, unless I'm, like, really confident that I can cash. Like, I just look at the level of competition and be like, ah, oh, these guys are fucking easy, you know? Yeah. So, like, I just, mm-hmm. you know, just put some money in. I get in on everything. You know, but the thing is, like, when you get on, when you get in on everything, like, don't do it unless you're, like, pro level. Because, <laughs> like, there's times where, like, oh, dude, like, I only put in, like, 60 and, like, I almost won. I, w- I would have cashed, right? I would have won the side pot, you know? And so, like, the next tournament, I put in money on everything, right? And then I lose it all. There's, there's like, uh, probably, like, two or three tournaments where I, I lose out on, like, 100 bucks. And I'm just like, damn, dude. As a college student, you don't want to lose that much money, yeah, right? Exactly. And so, like, exactly. Yeah, and so that's why I don't really do that anymore. <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know, I probably won't do that until, like, I graduate and I make, like, a, I guess, like, an earnable living. More stable income. <laughs> yeah, more, so that, like, I can, I can lose it and just like shake it off you know yeah, and so of course. yeah um and so like uh if you want to do it you know you have like a i guess like a probable reason to do it make sure you have a lot of support and um for the people who are starting to get into it um i guess like uh one mistake i did is uh, don't get don't get too ahead of yourself you know like uh don't like if you score high like one time like don't put yourself at a level you know higher than what you are to, because you know you 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 did you had like one good week you know mm. i, I kind of made that mistake myself you know like yeah you know i start averaging like 210 in league but then like in tournaments you know it's hard for me to keep up that average because like you know i just had a few good weeks you know and so like um 
that that's the part that uh darren tank kind of humbled me on and so mm -hmm. like now i'm just like kind of like always putting myself at a level where i'm just always willing to learn and so that's one thing if you're willing to bowl always be willing to learn you know don't be like it's a wonderful mindset don't be don't be cocky you know yeah uh because uh you know there's some people i know in the bowling scene that are cocky and i've seen them bowl i'm just like you're not there yet dude. you know like you shouldn't you <laughs> you're shouldn't not even, that guy you, you, sh you guy. shouldn't even be talking right <laughs> and so like and so yeah. like i was that guy and now i'm just kind of like keeping it down and mm -hmm. so like you know I'm, I'm not really like trying to be that guy anymore and so uh yeah um yeah don't be that guy and so yeah, <laughs> yeah of course and um so yeah that's that's my answer to that question and yeah so. some some beautiful advice <clears throat> man uh now yeah. i'm now i'm on the journey to become a professional <laughs> yeah, no, I'm on a journey man <laughs> you know i'm gonna hit you up after about finding the right ball the right shoe yeah then, you know, you know, know? I've, I've had a lot of people ask me that question <laughs> and so like i always have like an answer to yeah, like awesome. all that and so that's yeah. pretty cool you know people see you as that guy to you know to lead them you know mm -hmm. you've, you've had the people that oh you know, yeah you've, look, like, you've looked up to and now yeah, people are looking up to yeah, you <laughs> i've had a lot of people you know like like right now one of the people on our uh on our bowling uh, bowling team like she's not part of the travel team but mm -hmm. like she's in the developmental and so the developmental side of the club is basically you're not with the travel team but you practice with them just to get better right? yeah of course and so uh she's part of that plan and like she's always asking me questions like Dang. she asks like a lot of questions i'm just you know i have an answer to all of them you know that's good and so like uh there's um there's like kind of that thought in the back of my mind just like telling myself like do i even know what i'm doing <laughs> and so like that's you, like you i always have that thought in the back of my mind whenever i like i kind of sort of coach people yeah. or kind of tell them you know uh what to do this like you know it's like i better know what i'm doing you know like yeah ho hopefully i'm not fucking them up you know <laughs> and so mm -hmm. like and that's just like you know like but then when i see them bolt uh, bowl better than what they used to then then that's like, that's the ah, kind of like you know <laughs> that that's like that thought in my mind like oh i actually did something good <laughs> like uh, oh wow that's cool you i'm know? learning too <laughs> yeah 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 right right and so like you know maybe coaches uh kind of have that thought too when they coach but then again i wouldn't know because i've never i've never been classically trained like yeah. they did mm. and so like <laughs> so i wouldn't know um, for sure but but yeah but yeah I appreciate you opening up about bowling. Like, I'm genuinely, like, really interested in it now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I definitely, like, want to try it out more. And we should go bowling one day. And Yeah, <laughs> man, like, critique, critique a, lot of, a, lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people in, in FASO keep asking me, like, yo, man, we should just go bowling someday. But, like, they never make the plans, yeah, you know? <laughs> that makes sense. That makes so, sense. Yeah, you know? yeah. But it's okay. Like, honestly, mm. like, you know, I, I got my own thing, you know, going on and whatnot. Yeah. And so, like, if they if they flake, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't really care. <laughs> more time to work on your craft. Yeah, more <laughs> exactly. That's it. See, he, see, you know, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. So... We talked about the bowling. Um, when it comes to uh, your life, uh, has there been any other hobbies or interests that have had as big of an impact like bowling to you? Um, so I guess like athletics-wise, um, mainly just uh, I, I used to run track and cross country back in okay. high school. And like that mm -hmm. level of like endurance building kind of helped me bowl. And not only that, Valid, like, yeah. I guess like – 
um, physical game, like in general, like the running and track and cross country kind yeah. of translated. Because mm-hmm. like, see, the thing is, like when people have an athletic background, when they go into bowling, like you can tell some physical parts, uh, physical game parts of like when they used to play basketball. Mm-hmm. Or there's a there's a girl I know that used to do, uh, that that does color guard, and like mm-hmm. I can tell some of their dance moves or some of their basketball moves kind of translated. Yeah. yeah, their footwork kind of translated into like their physical game, and so like mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of like. Uh, strength in me like when mm-hmm. I know that they have an athletic background I can tell some parts mm-hmm. of that athletic background translates into them bowling yeah. you know mm-hmm. and and but like people that like had never had an athletic background you know they just bowl like um, I honestly like I wouldn't know how they mm-hmm. throw the ball like it's just all <laughs> you know like just straight up vanilla but yeah. like you know and then another thing that kind of translated into bowling is just kind of like um uh, I used to do um, I used to do theater for like six years, right? Like oh. it, it, it started in elementary school. Have you school. told me this before? Have I? I yeah, okay. yeah. Because yeah. Uh, in case y'all didn't know, me yeah. and Maya were part of a D and D campaign. Let's go. Like, uh, and so, like, I, I kind of let my theater experience translate into me role playing characters in the D and D world. Love that. And. Um, <laughs> And especially this next campaign, you're gonna really see it. And uh, <laughs> oh yeah, you gotta tell me about your character after mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> um. So so yeah. Um. Uh. Like, like talking to people or like acting some sort of way, like in theater, kind of like helps me be kind of charismatic in the bowling scene. I mm-hmm. guess that's like kind of how like um I'm like kind of easily approachable. Yeah. Or people can you know act like themselves when mm-hmm. I'm around them, you know, like they just, they just, I, I guess I kind of bring that level of comfortability. Yeah. And so like, that's like, when it comes to, like the mental aspect, like that's where it translates, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, uh, like, you know, people get stage fright, you know, when yeah. they bowl in like a very competitive scene, yeah. you know, like I don't let it get to me because I, too bright. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, like I've haven't really, I mean, it kind of got to me at first and like yeah. bowling with people who are like way better than me and who are like veterans in the game, Yeah, you know, like, but like after a while, I'm just like, ah, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. you know, cause like being in theater, you know, all those eyes looking at you mm-hmm. and like, you know, like I'm kind of desensitized by that. Mm-hmm. It's, excuse me. And so like that kind of translated into the bowling scene. I'm just yeah. like, you know, uh, whatever people watch, it's just whatever, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so yeah, that's that's like kind of what translated into a cool, cool bowling. Um, what are some of your other hobbies outside of that then? Uh, D and D. D and uh, I'm I'm kind of getting into like I kind of like photography. And oh really? Like, you know, graphic design. Yeah, turn you know, into Rick. Like, <laughs> turn into Rick. Uh, so like the thing is, I'm kind of like. I'm kind of like in a, in a crossroad, you know. Like, there's there's two things that can happen when I graduate. I either, um, if I make it into the graphic design program, you know, I'm gonna get that you know graphic design uh, degree and whatnot, and just I'm just savvy with the the camera. But mm-hmm. if I don't get in, I'm I'm automatically switching to a photography. You know, I'm already taking my Plan B classes. Like photography is like my Plan B major, and so like because mainly mainly because like the people that I meet in uh, that like department. Or like, dude, they're like the nicest people in the world. Like, they're like, especially like when it comes to like artists, like mindset and artist critiques and mm-hmm. whatnot. Like, I just kind of, you know, I, I feel comfortable 
being with them, you know, aside mm-hmm. from like, like, you know, when I'm with like graphic designers, you know, see the thing is with graphic designers, the difference between them and like just artists in general is graphic designers are more like business oriented, you know, mm-hmm. they, trying to get work done for money. Yeah. Right. And so like they, they, they have principles towards it, you know, they, they're strict about it, you know, this has to go here, this, this and that, but mm-hmm. with art, it's more open, you know, you, yeah. you can kind of just do what you want when it comes to art. And so yeah. like, that's the part of art that I really like, you know, it allows you to be open-minded, right? Mm. And so uh, that's that's what I really um, like about it. So that that's the kind of crossroad I'm in, you know. I mean, there's a third option where I just double major in photography and graphic mm-hmm. design, but like I don't want to stay in college for like another year or two, right? And yeah. so yeah, I'm also minoring in marketing too. And, oh, I didn't um, know that. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm minoring in marketing, right? And um, I'm I'm taking my first marketing class and like. You know, there's some parts of it that's like really valuable information. And then there's mm. some parts of it. It's just like simple theory crafting that no one really thinks about. So like, okay. it doesn't really like matter. Yeah. And so like, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, it's, it's pretty fun so far. Uh, okay. We're just now getting into like the group projects. It's a group project of like 10 people, man. Like, it's, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty insane. I've never been in a group project that, that large. <laughs> Damn. So, so yeah. Me neither. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of sort of my hobbies. For, uh, also, gaming as well. Yeah. Right? You know, we all like to play. I was gonna, I was gonna bring that games. up. I was like, you haven't brought that uh, up. Yeah, yet. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Starfield, man. How I'm is just that? Like, oh, dude, like I just love the space exploration. Like I, mm. you know, like ever since like I've become like going into all these art classes, I just yeah. watch movies. And play video games, and the only thing that I like really interests me the most in like the in that kind of media is just art direction and cinematography. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't care much about the plot, I don't care about the mechanics or anything like that. If it looks beautiful, I'm in, right? And so, like that's that's kind of the thing that I pay attention to when it comes to like. Um, any type of show or movie that that's popular mm-hmm. out there, you know, uh, I haven't watched Oppenheimer or Barbie yet. I'm I'm sure that you that haven't those, seen that. Yeah, yeah, I still haven't seen it yet. Man. Like, yeah, dude, it's crazy. And have yeah. you gotten away spoiler free, or do you know? I mean, of course, for Oppenheimer, I don't, I don't, like... I don't know anything. You know, <laughs> o- Oppenheimer. Oh yeah, no spoilers, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to know when the nuke drops. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. No, um, freaking. Yeah, but what what interests me the most is like uh, I I kind of like I really really like horror movies that are they're not meant to scare you but make you feel uneasy. Psychological feel like, thrillers. Yeah, the psychological thrillers. Like um, one of my favorite ones is um, Midsommar. I have not seen it. I heard it was good though. Yeah, so like Florence Pugh, she's the main character, and like. I feel like I get like a lot of Wes Anderson vibes from it, right? And so like, but the thing yeah. is like, it's a lot of like a lot of like still shots. Like it's one of those horror movies where, like, where something happens and then it just it sits still for a second. Mm-hmm. It makes you think and you're just like, yo dude, what's gonna happen, right? And so like, um, there was a scene in that movie where like uh, she gets high and like the, the scenes that she looks like, cause this is like, um. It's like a one-shot thing, right? It's, ah. a, it's one of those one-shot things where, like, where they're, you're, they're, the camera's, like, kind of following her around. And, like, the flowers and the trees and everything, they're all moving and whatnot. And so, like, but the thing is, like, she goes inside this cabin. And then, like, in the cabin, like, the the movie doesn't pay attention to it. But you see something in the corner, mm. right? And then, you like, you see something in the corner. You're just like, 
dude, like there's something in the corner, right? And the movie just doesn't pay attention to it. Like it's just mm-hmm. less the viewers see and then they just get spooked, right? And so yeah. like, and then, you know, something else happens after that and then there's like the scene. But then like the thing was like, she's high throughout the entire movie. Yeah. And so like you just see scenes where like things are moving and then you're just like, wow, like it's, it's a whole trip yeah. basically. And so I just really like horror movies where like it, they're not too, they're not too big on like the jump scares or like mm-hmm. the intensity. They want to like, they they, they kind of beautify uh, horror in yeah. a way. You know, I just mm-hmm. love it when movies get creative like that. You mm-hmm. know, and so uh, like movies, that, yeah, just they just kind of like a lot of still shots. Uh, yeah. And um, but like a movie that's not a horror movie or uh, it's it's a show, but it's not nothing horrific about it. But Ahsoka on Star Wars, good, so dude, good. so good, so many oh, last last still episodes shots. today, right? The last. Oh yeah, it last is today. episode is today. Oh shoot, I gotta go watch it. <laughs> Me <Yeah>. too. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, um, uh, the all the still shots, like it makes me feel like I'm watching Samurai Jack, mm, but it's Ahsoka. You know, a like comparison. a lot of these like still shots of like just like you know cloaked droids just staring at her. You know, like waiting for her to make a move, like they're looking all tough. And mm-hmm. dude, every single scene with uh, what's his name, Balin, right? Yes, uh, Lord Bailey. Yes. Every single like, like when they first introduced him to like other scenes where he's you know just standing there with uh, the was her name Lady Morgana or whatever her yeah. name is. Yeah, Morgana, like yeah, yeah like uh, the the music that they play for him whenever he's just in the room, like it's just epic. Like you yeah. can just tell that like it makes you think like, damn, you don't want to fuck with this guy, right? Mm-hmm. And so like you know, but it, it really sucks that um that 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 the actor died. You know, like, I really wanted to see more of him. Really? He died? <laughs> you didn't know that? Oh, uh, so they kind of, uh, it was, like, on a bunch of, like, news articles. But, oh. like, a couple months before Ahsoka um, released, they, they kind of revealed, like, oh, yeah, one of the bad guys for the TV show died. And I didn't know who it was at first because I'd never seen the show. Yeah. And so, like, but when I saw him, I was like, dude, he's, he plays, like, the best villain ever in yeah. that series like it but like it just sucks that you know he left so early right and yeah. so yeah and uh, another show would be uh euphoria mm, I, I really I loved seen it. like uh yeah uh if you haven't seen it uh it's definitely worth a watch you know but if you're sensitive to dicks uh. then <laughs> you're if you're sensitive to dicks, but the thing is the first like what three or four episodes like they they really like they they show off a lot of it like like it's like I don't know why they're yeah. really excessive on that but like when it when you get past that part though like it gets it gets to like a point where like it's just all like beautiful cinematography you know like very good art direction and that's the main reason why um I liked season one a lot more than season two season two was a good season though I liked the season but like I felt like the cinematography. Uh, kind of went down a little bit in season two as opposed to season one. Mm-hmm. Season one was like more art oriented, but season two, f- it just felt more drama, teenage drama oriented. Mm. And it's just like that, that's the part that kind of like made me feel like, eh, season one's better, you know? Yeah. And so um, that's that. But the show was really good though. I really loved the show. Like it, that show and Barry, like, a lot of shows on HBO Max. I just watch. I'm just okay. like, dude, like I, I love HBO Max. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Or they yeah. call they call it Max now. Or that's that, right. It's called they call Max. It Max. Yeah. Nah. It's 
Max. For some, I don't know why they switched it. Like, <laughs> I <don't> yeah, <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Um, I need to check out Euphoria for sure. I've heard uh, a lot of good things about it. Um, are they continuing it? Because you know the writer's strike I, I just don't ended know. recently, right? I honestly don't know because I feel like. I mean, I feel like the way they ended it off, they could definitely close it out. Mm-hmm. Like the it's it's like kind of up to the viewer's interpretation. You know, yeah. it could be like that's it. You know, nothing else happens after that, or it could be maybe something does happen yeah. after. But like, and then didn't one of the actors pass away recently? Yes, like, what's his name? He's Fez. One, yes, yeah. Fezco, dude. Yeah. Oh my god, I. He, I've never really felt like that bad about a celebrity death in like a while Aww. because mainly because Fezco was like, he was one of my favorite characters mm. ever. Mm-hmm. One of my, like, I loved him like to death. He was definitely like, he was definitely like the Mac Miller type of dude. Mm. Like you can just tell, okay. but, um, they look very similar. Too. I know they look similar, <laughs> but he did kind of like have a lot of similarities in his character. Ah, okay. Like a lot of people wanted him like to, to play like a biopic of Mac Miller. Ah. And and the thing was it, uh like there's like a lot of reports or something like that saying like you know like oh it, it might actually happen, right? And but then yeah, we lost him too soon. Yeah. Yeah, it's it sucks, man. But like mainly because his character kind of brought a lot of awareness because um uh, basically, like, because uh, the the character that Zendaya plays as, like, uh, uh, basically she's a drug addict, right? But in the show, uh, Fezco kind of like gets her to stop, you know, because like it's kind of taking uh, taking over her life, and he just doesn't want that for her. And like, I feel like that type of character, we need more people like him, mm-hmm. you know, because it brings a lot of awareness in, in people, like kind of like uh letting drugs take over their lives and yeah. you know like you know they they uh their effort in trying to stop that just uh, mm-hmm. it, it kind of just inspires people you know to mm-hmm. just like kind of get people like to stop because like it sucks to watch that see that happen right and yeah. so but uh that that's one of the reasons why i like euphoria and <laughs> yeah for yeah, sure and, um but uh yeah that's that's kind of like what i've been digging into nice nice outside of bowling <laughs> outside of bowling got the gaming you got tv shows you got the movies yeah um i know you be hitting the gym sometimes too right Not yeah as often or... you know like uh, i wanted to be often but dude so much like busy uh, life i'm busy busy life priorities man. and stuff you know, yeah it's like, understandable i don't want to you know i i honestly don't want to be like those people that like only gets like four hours of sleep because they're in the gym you know, like, like I don't really have that kind of commitment when it comes to going to the gym. I'm not mm-hmm. that, like, I don't want to lose sleep over the gym, right? Yeah, And so, sense. like, you know, but there are some people, you know, have, like, a stigma towards that. Like, I, don't, I honestly don't care, man. Mm-hmm. Like, when I graduate, though, like, of course, like, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be grinding, man, you know? like <laughs> On the I'm court, off there, the court, man, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, with school bowling team work mm-hmm. all that going on like yeah, it's hard man <laughs> yeah but yeah i i've been trying to go like at least twice a week though for like, sure man you know just working on arms you know i still need to work on my legs man <laughs> i feel that i totally feel that yeah. it's tough for us oh very <laughs> man yeah dude because <laughs> yeah, i'd be working out legs so much but then I was like, they begin stronger little by little, but like the yeah. size, no size yeah, no, differences. If you work out your legs, don't work out at LVAC. Why? <laughs> Dude, like I went to LVAC one time planning to work on my legs. Yeah. And like... Every machine was taken? No, no, it wasn't. Nah. It was actually kind of late at night. Oh, okay. And so like, I, I tried to go in there and like, you know, I tried to, you know, 
got on the squat rack and like I did one set and my legs were burning. I was like, God damn, I, I've never that's never happened there to you me go. before, you know. And so like, and and uh, I, I barely did anything because I, I forgot my water bottle. Yeah. And so I was like, man, I don't want to like die of thirst, <laughs> you know. And so like I barely mm-hmm. did anything and then I, and I left and they don't have an elevator there. Oh. Yeah, they don't have an elevator and I was like. The real workout Fuck. begins now. <laughs> I was like, dude, the, going down those steps was fucking, oh, my God. It's a yeah. near-death experience. <laughs> Damn. You know, yeah, that, no, man, I was, that's, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. That is for real. Yeah, wow, and, like, it sucks you. that their smoothie area isn't open, like, 24-7. Like, they, they close, like, 11 p.m. They're all Damn. I'm just like, man. <laughs> Are the A1 top-tier smoothies? Uh, I like their smoothies. Mm-hmm. I usually get like the the get big smoothie, which has weight gainer because I need to gain weight. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And so uh, that that's what I get. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like yeah, off and on, off and on. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Before we end <clears throat> off this episode, um, what are some goals, some um, things that you want to achieve before the end of this year? Like what? Let's let's mm. end on a good note. You know. Before the end of this year, um. So uh, wait, so uh, we have like a few months, right? Yeah, you know, I kind of want to yeah. like, I kind of, I kind of want to um, just, just man, I don't know, maybe average two twenty. <laughs> what are you averaging <laughs> right now? The, oh shoot, I'm averaging like one ninety eight right now, man. Oh like, shit, tough out here because yeah. I'm bowling at the Orleans, and the Orleans house shot is tougher than South Point, mm. and I usually bowl at South Point, and mm. like I, I do better on their house shot, but like, yeah, it, it's it's tough for. Different well, patterns. Yeah, yeah, different patterns, tougher out there, mm. you know. And so, like, I kind of mm. want to do that. And I all, I mean. I can say that now. Like, There's different uh, patterns. <laughs> you know, like, I want to, you know, I just kind of want to be financially stable. <laughs> there you go. I need to, like, kind of just, uh, Always you know, a good goal. <laughs> I need to kind of get, you know, kind of lay off my spending, you know. I keep, I keep spending that. so damn much because, mm-hmm. you know, something comes up. I just, like, I, I, I kind of have a tendency to do a lot of these impulse mm-hmm. buys, man. I'm just like, I see it and I'm just like, oh, why not? Right. And yeah. so, like, I need to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I guess another thing is, uh, I don't know, I need to get my arms bigger, man. You mm-hmm. know, like, I need, that's why I've been, like, kind of trying to get into the gym, you know, I'm trying to eat more and, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. Like, uh, you know, a lot of people, like, try and, like, you know, find a love life, but, you know, I'm not at the age where I, like, I kind of, I, w- I need to find somebody, you know, like I, I you know, like there were times Self-love where like, era. yeah, dude, like there were times where I'm just like that. But I, I feel like, I feel like if you're a person and you tell yourself you need to have someone in your life, then you don't, <laughs> it's the opposite of that. Like you don't need someone in your life. Like, mm-hmm. like, uh, cause at that, at that point you're just, you're overthinking it. You're psyching yourself out. Yeah. Like, if you feel like you're ready, then you're not ready. <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, uh, it's just, you know, it just, it just kind of happens, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. just, you know, social life just happens, you know, mm-hmm. like, like you and me, you know, I didn't meet you like, cause like, you know, like, oh man, this guy is cool. Like I want to meet him, you know, it's just consequence, you know, like a lot of people, like when they make friends, it's literally just situational. It's consequence. Very much you know, so, it's, yeah. it's, I feel like it's just the same thing with, you know, finding your significant other. You yeah. Know? And so like, I, like I see a lot of people like, you know, like, especially on like, like just random for you pages on TikTok, mm-hmm. like like uh like people on stories just getting like so lonely or something yeah. like that. It's like, dude, like it's it's all about self love, man, mm-hmm. right? It's just, it's just all about self love, yeah. you know. And um, I guess this is the part of the the podcast where we get deep, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. as we're as we're getting towards the end, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, and um, 
I guess like uh, I don't know what's what I guess like what's like a mental battle you've been fighting um, so far. Mental battle for me. Oh, that's a good question. Thank you for asking. Um, I just learning to. I feel like learning how to say no. That's been the the biggest thing for me because mm. I mean I used to be such a huge like people pleaser and mm. like make everyone happy but you know as i'm trying to work on myself more and provide for myself more uh-huh. you know there are moments where i gotta you know mentally put myself first and you yeah. know there are just times where i gotta uh yeah say no or say, say that you know i, I yeah, don't want to do I'm this kinda, yeah i'm kind of like you and that's her aspect i recently just had uh a situation like that where Ooh. like you know like uh definitely something like okay so like i'm not even gonna get into the details of it because it's kind of like a personal thing but basically whatever you're comfortable with if if someone's leading you on and your gut tells you that it's like not the right move yeah it's a scam or Mm. like you know you feel like it's it's gonna put you in a bind yeah don't be afraid to walk away from it, right? Yeah. That's that's something that a lot of people... I just learned that recently, mm. you know, and like I said, I won't get into the details, but, mm-hmm. you know, like, I feel like that's a, lot, a, a very valuable lesson that a lot of people need to learn, you know? Because yeah. a lot of people, like, you know, it just takes one day, you know? It just takes mm-hmm. one uh, situation where, like, you have it and then now you don't have it, you know? Yeah. And so, like, you know, that's, like, that's just a part of life. It's just a part of growing up you know mm-hmm. it's part of living and so you know like uh like just yeah don't don't try and get ahead of yourself don't don't be you know too quick with it it's the same thing with freaking bowling right hey, like there's the people i know bowling that, translates like, to your love life yeah exactly like there's, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's that love hate relationship of bowling right you uh-huh. know like that just like in life you know um this is something that, you know, like I had a conversation with my dad, you know, like because um, like I'm really big on the quote, uh, you got to learn to walk before you run. Yeah. Right. And then my dad tells me, like, don't be afraid to walk, you know, because ah, there's a lot of people that like to take shortcuts in life, you know, and then that's like that's a sort of aspect where they get really ahead of themselves and then they now uh and then they put themselves in a situation where that that they can't get out of mm-hmm. just because they like to take shortcuts you yeah. know and so like it's always you know you really got to take like the short steps you know you got to mm-hmm. pay attention to like i there's this quote that i that i watch or that i've uh ran into on tiktok one time mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i i see a lot of motivational quotes on tiktok you know yeah but um and so it's basically like um this so this guy's on a horse, right? And mm. he's walking in, in a fog, right? Mm. He's trying to see out there. He's trying to see where he's going, you know? He's trying so hard to see out there, but the horse is mm. telling, apparently the horse talks. The horse is telling him, like, don't look too far out there. Look at what's in front of you, you know? And that kind of translates to um, your life in a, in a sort of way where, like, don't look, don't think, like, way too far into the future you gotta look mm-hmm. at what you're doing right now you gotta look at what's in front of you, you gotta look at what you're trying to do right yeah in, in life you know then that's like i see a lot of people you know like they they get themselves into something like super duper quick and um a lot some of it's like finding a love interest really quick mm. you know yeah and then they get themselves into something that they shouldn't have got themselves into yeah some of it uh, it could be a, a job you know, that they heard about, you know, it could be uh, majors, 
you know, like, hey, mm-hmm. let's just do this major because it sounds fun, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's just like, it's all a part of like just finding yourself, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, that's that's uh, definitely mm-hmm. uh, a mental thing. And then I guess for me, what was one thing, man? I can't even think about it right now because I've just been bantering so much. Hey. <laughs> it's all banter. Yeah, no, Very I wise. listen to your podcasts in the car a lot. Thank it's just you. It's all banter. <laughs> and, um, actually, uh, there is one uh, advice uh, that um, – or, or, or a suggestion, actually, not not okay. like a piece of advice for mm-hmm. this podcast. But uh, uh, do you ever invite, like, teachers uh, um, to this podcast? I have not. Yeah, I think because like I think that'd be a good idea because one thing they they've they've experienced it they they're in that yeah, you know they've course. been in that world right yeah and, like um, it's always like really interesting to learn their perspective outside yeah. of the classroom because mm-hmm. when they're in the classroom they're when they're in the classroom you know like they're you know they're thinking about the students they think about the lecture you know what this this and that what to do but outside of work though you know like um, they might have you know good piece of advice towards like young kids you know mm-hmm. like outside of like you know the classroom you know like just some some uh food for thought that they've learned you know growing up you know yeah. especially like back in their time right i think mm-hmm. that'd be a good idea like uh find some teachers that you think are very interesting and just ask them like hey man you, you know i do a podcast you know you want to want to you know want to uh uh do an episode or something like that right and yeah. so yeah, yeah, honestly, I, think, I honestly like I was thinking about that, like, you know, and I was thinking about doing a podcast with my friend uh, from high school, you know, just talking about the current events in the video game world, you know, like well, that's pretty cool, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, like because like we always talk about it in the Instagram DMs, yeah, and then, like I just have this thought behind my head, like, man, dude, what if this was a podcast? Because I feel like I feel like this this talk that we're having is just like it's very interesting, <laughs> you know? Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, man. Yeah. And, um, so, so yeah, um, that's kind of like, you know, some ideas that I have, you know, and, um, and, uh, oh, and so, yeah, I guess, uh, what's, uh, another topic we, we got like 40 more minutes or do you want to end it off early? Um, we got a couple more, a couple more things. Um, but what was I, I gonna say, um, you your graphic design with marketing, right, major? Yes, because um, uh, like what I kind of plan to do with that is like I was advertising. Ask that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kind of wanted to do like advertising, you yeah. know, like just uh, you know, because I feel like uh, advertising um, uh, can really help out, uh, help any kind of business grow. Mm-hmm. And like when you know how to really advertise, you know, like yeah, yeah get the word out there. Like mm-hmm. it really helps with like the connections. It helps yeah. with sales and all mm-hmm. that and like you know i feel like like i feel like that just be something fun to do yeah you know um i you know i have no um knowledge of how much it makes yeah you know I, i'll eventually learn that later on mm-hmm. you know but like you know i just feel like that's something fun to do yeah yeah um what led you to it then like what led you to the that dream of yours um the original thought behind it is uh, if I ever wanted to become a freelancer, I know like what how the graphic design world works in, in terms of business, mm-hmm. you know, because like uh, a good advice I've had from a graphic design teacher, his name is uh, Valentine or Valentine Leonard. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says like if you're 
if you aspire to become a freelancer, don't start off as a freelancer. Interesting. Okay. Because like um like if to become a freelancer, you have to know a lot about how uh, how business works or how how graphic design works from a business perspective. Yeah. And to learn that takes experience in the field, mm. right? And so like if you're very experienced in the field, you know, then and you know, you know a lot about how it works and yeah, you could be a freelancer, you know, you can you know, you can make, you know, money from it, right? Yeah, and, most definitely. Yeah, and uh, and and so, like, that's why I was thinking to myself, like, why, why not get a head start to it and, mm-hmm. you know, become a marketing minor, okay. right? And so that's that's kind of, that was my thought process behind it. Um, for those that don't know, what is freelancing? Freelancing is basically you don't work with a specific company. You know, you're, you're by yourself. You're independent. You're like an independent graphic designer. People ask you for, like, uh, excuse me, commissions and whatnot. And so like, I guess a good example is like, you know, people on Fiverr, you know, who, who do like, you know, wallpapers or like, Oh, I see. Whatnot. I see. Or like, okay. um, banners or yeah. like Twitch, uh, layouts or something, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of different things. Yeah. And, um, people who do like freelancing, like they could do that or they could do advertising. They can draw for people and whatnot. And mm. like, uh, and they do it for like a specific price or a specific amount of money. Yeah. And, you know, good, really good freelancers, they charge like a lot for it. And so mm-hmm. like, I feel like if I have like a really good resume, really good portfolio, you know, I have experience in the field and like, you know, I could become a freelancer and just, you know, charge a lot, you know, but like mm-hmm. if I'm starting out as freelancing, like I'm obviously like, you know, not going to do that. Right. And so like, um, I'm going to, you know, get experience in the field and whatnot. And so, like, yeah, they're, they're just independent graphic designers. They don't work okay. for the company. And most of them tend to, like, they have their own logo, and so, like, they'll attach the logo to it, you know, the, because it's their own work, no. right? And so, like, got to give credit where credit's due, right? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's what a freelancing is. Do you um, have a logo already or, like, a logo in I, mind? I kind of do, but I feel <laughs> like I need to make a new logo. It's it's old. It's, outdated. like, a, something I – Yeah, it's outdated. It's something I kind of made up, like, okay. back in community college, yeah. you know, back in California. And so uh, that's – yeah, I feel like I should, like, make a new one or something. I should make one for myself, uh, like, for, like, a uh, me as, like, a bowler or something. There yeah, you go. Yeah, I should, I should probably do something like that. And so uh, that's uh, all the top bowlers will go to you for edits and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so like, yeah, I kind of plan after I gra- after I graduate, I kind of yeah. want to apply to like you know, bowling oriented like companies that do graphic design. Like, uh, like uh, what's yeah, out there? Um, uh, there's like I want to I want to see if Apparel EFX is hiring. FX. Apparel EFX. It's oh, apparel like they're, they're a bowling okay. jersey making company, and like I want to see if I could become a designer there. I did apply to like I am bowling. Uh, that, okay. that they're also another jersey making company, mm-hmm. they're like their competitor and whatnot. And um, but the thing is, I tried applying there part time, and like yeah, like they, they it's like really rare that they hire for part time, right? And mm, so I see, I'm I see. just like yeah, okay, and um, yeah, I just kind of just apply, 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 you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, and there's also being an intern, you know, I was, I, I was almost hired as an intern one time, but that's a story for another day. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you want to add on or um, do you want to ask, um, any, just any last, 
um, ending stuff. Man, dude, I feel like there was something that I wanted to talk about. Like, cause like I listened to like a lot of, I, I listened to like a lot of like motivational stuff, like in yeah. the car, mm-hmm. you know. And then like, um, speak your truth. <laughs> did I bring up? Did I bring up David Goggins already? Yes, you did. Once. Yeah, 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 I did. Right, and so like, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like this, this, the whole like motivation like just like the whole taking who's souls carry aspect the boats? and so and the logs. Yeah, yeah who's gonna carry the boats you know I, I feel like it should that should be like my chant whenever i get a strike <laughs> and then when college season starts but uh anyways um like there's like um uh a lot of like i'm really big on i told you before i'm really big on being like open-minded of course you know and so Always. like I uh, recently he made a video about like how he doesn't he never judges people because he doesn't know where they came from he doesn't know what battles they fought you know and so like I kind of sort of do the same thing but like the thing is I see a lot of people out there that that do exactly that like they just tend to you know like judge people because they they feel like they should say something right and so like i see that mainly on the internet mm-hmm. you know but like you know there's some people i know that do that and i'm just like man like it's bad influence to be around them right and so like but like mainly just this is the main reason why i don't pay attention to uh people giving opinions on anything uh when it comes to like re- gaming reviews or twitter or like just any kind of review like uh, I just kind of want to be open-minded to Gotta like experience it yourself. You know, yeah, because like when people speak on something, I see this is my thing. I don't listen to people speak on anything these days because like a lot of like closed-minded senses mm, will come yeah. out, uh-huh. and I'm just like, man, do you don't you don't know what you're talking about, man? Because mm-hmm. like like you don't know what the developers have to go through to make this game you know you don't know how hard they had to work you know just to kind of discredit them like right off the bat Mm -hmm. you know before something comes out or like right when something comes out it's like like dude just just give it time man let them cook man yeah let them cook man like (laughs) you gotta gotta like you know just let let it let it flow Mm -hmm. just like (laughs) you know because like i feel like Especially when it comes from people that you know have like personal problems, mm-hmm. you know, and so like, it's yeah. like you know, you gotta you gotta love yourself first before you like speak on anything, right? Yeah. And so like, that's uh, that's something that I just kind of grasped onto, like what I thought about, you know, like when David Goggins made that video, you know, and so like, yeah, and um, uh, there's also a friend that I have that has this all or nothing mindset and i feel like a lot of people with asian parents you know like me like kind of just give them like that that all or nothing mindset you know like like uh you know they don't settle for uh probably they don't settle yeah. for maybe you know like it's, it's all or nothing need man. results need results yeah. and like i feel like it really messes with their head when like they start getting that thought that it will maybe happen because when they start getting that thought that like it's not going to be a for sure guarantee then they start thinking that it's never going to happen right and so like my dad kind of developed that mindset you know uh like just growing up and so like he kind of just passes that on to me and so like sometimes Mm. i have that thought but then like some but like i'm trying to like kind of just gear my mind towards to like you know if it happens if it happens if it doesn't it doesn't if it doesn't happen then you know i have a plan b i have a plan c and if it does happen cool right Mm -hmm. so like i kind of just developed this 
you know, these um, situations in my mind, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, that can have, have that happen, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of allows me to like not stress about it. Yeah. You know, that, that's another big thing like about, you know, how I kind of just fight off stress. I kind of mm-hmm. just uh, develop, you know, different plans in my mindset so that if something doesn't go my way, you know, I know what to do so mm-hmm. that, you know, I don't like let it affect me or my mind a lot, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, there's a lot of people I know or like, they feel like they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, cause they never like kind of put themselves in that situation. Right. And mm-hmm. so like, you know, when that happens, you know, like they just, they get very emotional and then, you know, I'm just there telling them like, hey, Amen, just got to move forward. Don't let it affect your, your mind. Mm-hmm. If you let it affect your head, then like it's you know you're gonna be stuck in that that time zone where like it's just continuously hidden you man and so like um you know if you just like just you know move forward kind of like just reset restart you know that's that's kind of how she I, I helped like a few people deal with breakups that mm. way you know and so like <laughs> um and so like I you know that's like how I tell them but like the thing is like if if they um just deny that you know there's yeah. no helping them if they don't know how to help themselves mm-hmm. let's help themselves right and so like yeah. there's only so much you know you could do right and so mm-hmm. like when that happens you know it's just like you just gotta just let them let them fight it you know and this like that's the part that upsets me though because it's like when you know that they can uh get through it but they don't allow themselves to that's the part that hits me where i'm just like damn dude yeah you know like it sucks to watch right mm-hmm. and so like but there are some people out there that are you know good at not thinking about it and i'm just like you know like like wow like it impresses me because it's very inspiring to see that happen right and so yeah. like i'm just speaking in general terms right yeah and so like <laughs> a lot of situations yeah because like yeah. there's a lot of situations that are like that and you know like uh, and I, the most common one is a breakup, yeah, right? And yeah. so, like, mm-hmm. I've never been through that situation, but I've been in situations where, like, uh, like it, it's uh, a moment that happens that affects you, your brain in a sort of way where, like, you know, you just feel depressed, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's kind of like there's similarities there, you know? Um, and uh, that's kind of, like, what helped me help people get through tough times right mm-hmm. and so that's uh, uh that's something about me right there you know like um they, there's like a lot of i feel like there's a lot of interesting interesting things about me that even i don't know but hey like <laughs> that's, that's the beautiful thing about life you know we yeah. spend we spend every day you know trying to find more and more things about ourselves that we can talk on you know podcasts like this or yeah. to other people so it's pretty yeah. cool it's pretty yeah. cool man <laughs> yeah that that's that's a good uh, that that that's what the half and half name comes from. Yes, right? sir. Like it's like a one person who's been through completely different uh, parts of life yeah. talks to a person who's like the opposite different parts of, that. of life. Yeah, you know, it's half lighthearted and it's half, you know, deep and like introspective. You know, so mm-hmm. that that's what makes the half and half podcast uh, what it is. And you know, I'm glad that we were able to you know have that moment today to to share about you know all the the lighthearted stuff in our lives and the the more, you know, deeper and introspective parts that, you know, kind of are making us who we are as people today, um, which kind of leads to um, the ending segment. Um, 
I would love to say thank you to Darian <laughs> for hopping on today. Yeah, man, thanks, man, that was it was lots of fun. You know, yeah. I may not have like spoken as much as I you know usually do in uh, episodes, but it's just like. I was so like enthralled by just like you know hearing <laughs> yeah, about wanna, a topic I that I've some always. Some people tell me you have a soothing voice. Some people yeah. say like some people like you know they feel comfortable when they talk. Yeah. To you. Like I'm just like you know I'm an approachable. Good vibe. You know? Like if you wanna, comfortable feelings. You know. You know if you want to yeah. know what's the word, you know. It's, like, o- you know, it's always yeah. always a good time. So <laughs> yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys learned something about you know myself about Darian. You know I hope this episode has brought some good vibes and some smiles on your face um is there any one that you want to thank or anything that you want to thank or shout out anyone anything Ooh, ha well uh thanks for like what being on the podcast um uh, like of course i mean of course that. Or, 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 like, but uh, yeah, just anyone, anyone just anyone anyone anything, oh yeah anything, you know yeah. I, I definitely thank my dad a lot for like giving me a lot of like i guess beautiful um, emotional and mental like uh advice and yeah. um you know thank you i, I want to thank you for letting <laughs> me get, be on here you know and um yeah i definitely want to thank my grandparents for getting me into bowling you know it's a big passion that like uh i that i cannot i feel like i just can't leave anymore (laughs) yeah that's that's uh, awesome yeah that's truly amazing thank a few um uh, what's uh um i guess yeah there's a few friends of mine in the bowling scene i want to thank for just like um letting letting me uh you know being a part of the the bowling bowling club or being a part of like an experience that I will definitely never forget. Um, Diana here and uh, Sierra Stallworth, Justin Katag. You know, the, those are the three names, uh, the three people that, you know, uh, that really, you know, helped me out, let me help them out, you know, just like uh, um, just give me a, a good experience, you know, in the, the not just social, but in the bowling scene, you know. Um, I also want to thank, um, I guess, uh, I guess I'll thank some people in FASA, you know, like that. If you want. That I never, <laughs> never, uh, our D&D crew. Yeah, our D&D crew, um, you know, um, I definitely want to thank uh, both uh, Kyle and Kylie uh, Nestor. Nestie, ne- Nestor's, you know, the, yeah, like the, those are definitely two friends that I'll never forget uh, if, if I ever love. have to leave them or they leave me or something like that, you know, like definitely people that uh, I – that I will definitely always miss if there ever comes to a point where, you know, I'm not going to be able to see them again. You know? <laughs> yeah, but for sure. sad now. No, yeah, don't say that, man. Like, hey, man. <laughs> hey, I know I did say we're going to get real here, huh? No, yeah, <laughs> we love, we love them. Yeah. We love them for but, real. You know, for sure, man. But anyways, uh, that's, that's, that's about it. Yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah, here yeah. we are. Uh, episode 44. Thank you all again. Again, thank you, Darian, for hopping on. For sure, man. Episode 44 of the Half and Half Podcast. I am your host, Jeremiah Hargraves, signing out. Peace.